What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. I told y'all it's going to be a week. What did I say at the beginning of last week? I don't even remember how I worded it. A week of... I was talking about God was going to be moving. It's going to be a busy week, and it was. I think I drove all over the country last week. Anybody else feel like that? I went to Illinois and back two days in a row. Came down to Dexter right after I did that. And then yesterday, I don't even remember what happened yesterday. All my days are running together, (laughs) y'all. But praise the Lord, it was going to be at least, uh, let's just do it this way. It's going to be a week of a new level. How many of y'all feel like you reached that next level last night? Wow, I've never so I've never seen my wife dance freer than she did on stage. You guys see that? She got up there and started singing with the group. It was great. And my sister dancing in the back, and I've never seen her dance like that either. There was freedom in the house last night. Amen? And if you didn't feel the freedom, the only one you can blame is yourself because God was there and he was moving in a mighty way. There was no preaching. Matter of fact, I'm not really sure how much worship there was because I was too busy praying over people and deliverance. I know there was worship, but I also know there was a lot of music. And then they ended up playing the music so that we can continue. And I think, what was it, three hours, three and a half hours, we were up there just praying over people. God broke out. He had his way, which is exactly what we wanted to happen at an encounter. That's it, right? Woo, so I'm still catching my breath, but you know what? It's going to be all right. I can't wait for baptism after service. That's going to be awesome. I always love to baptize people, right? Because that means they're taking the next step in their journey. Amen. If you're tuning with us online this morning, my name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. Thank you so much for joining with us online. But what we want to do is invite you to come and join us live and in person next week. I can promise you this. You're not receiving the same thing you are online as you will if you come in the house. So if you're seeking a church home, you don't have one. Come on down. We'd love to have you at 1225 Old Cape Road, Jackson, Missouri, and just pray over you on whatever God's got for you. Because I was, my mind was going, you know, I don't know how long we'll be here, but we're here right now, right? So 1225 Old Cape Road, Jackson, Missouri. Uh, we meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And there is freedom in the house, amen? God didn't give me the name Next Level Freedom for nothing. Next Level Freedom Church, we're trying to reach a new level of freedom, amen? And we saw it last night. I'm so excited about last night. I could just sit here and talk about last night and we'd just be okay. But, uh, but we're going we're gonna to get into Paul here because we're going to be talking about outreach today. Y'all know what outreach is? It's where we leave the house and go out there 
and do ministry. Amen? So we're going to be talking about outreach. If you've been paying attention the last few weeks, we've been talking about, we talked about begin, which begins with salvation and baptism. Um, We have a four-step journey here at Next Level Freedom Church, but here's the good news. Many of those steps just continue. There's no ending to them, per se. So the second step on the journey is build, and this will be the third part for build. So our second part, our third part, second part, fourth week, sorry. We talked about last week, or we talked about begin, and we talked about grow, because you got to come, you got to grow. If you're not growing, you're not doing anything, amen? If you've still got the same feeling you had 50 years ago, or 100 years, or 5,000, I don't know how, I try to go out there, right? When you got saved 10 years ago, a year ago, five years, it doesn't matter. If you're still in the same spot you were then, something's wrong, because you're not growing, So that was what we talked about the, well, I guess it was the third week because I gave my testimony the first, but the second week as we talked about Paul. Last week we talked about serving, talked about serving in the house, amen? We talked about serving in the house in particular, which is the second step on the build portion of our journey. And this week we wrap up the build portion with outreach because how many of y'all know it doesn't stop with these four walls? Oh, well, let me try that again. Thanks, Lisa. (laughs) How many of y'all know it doesn't stop in these four walls? Matter of fact, I need to get one of them big signs that say, now entering the mission field as you walk out the door. Amen? You ever been in churches like that? I love those things because that's true, right? The mission field's not in here. It can be, but it's not. It's out there on your jobs, at your school, wherever you're at, on a day at the gas station, at the grocery store, wherever you're at, that is where ministry takes place because if you are a child of God, he goes with you. So let's talk about outreach today. Now, I will go ahead and just by reading this, I may botch up some of the pronunciations today because there's a lot of them, but I'm going to do my best. Amen. Philippians, though, let's go to our key passage before we get started. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. This has been our key passage for this entire series, The Journey of Faith. Amen. Okay. Philippians 3, 12 to 14 says, now that I have ar- Not that I have already attained all this, Or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I like this part, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Now, you know, that doesn't just go for bad stuff in your life. That goes for last night, too. Because what God did last night... Even as good as it was, it's not going to be the same thing he does the next time we get together, amen? Or or even today. So that's part of that too. Forgetting what's behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord. On behalf of your people, Lord, and the people out there that may be listening online or here in this house today, God, and I just pray, God, in Jesus' name, that you will speak through me in a mighty way this morning, that your word would go forth across this microphone, that it would be nothing that I do myself, that it would be you speaking through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 13 is where we're going to be hanging out with Paul. Well, actually, it's still Saul, but it will change to Paul today. That's the good news. There's a name change. Anytime God gives you a name change, it means new beginning stuff is coming. He's taking you to a new level. Amen. So get ready because I'm going to read a couple of things. And I want to point something out to you here in a second. Acts chapter 13, we're starting in verse 1. It says, Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, 
Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up by with Herod the Tetrarch, uh, Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping, now y'all know that's Saul who's going to become Paul is who he was talking about. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Point number one, and then we'll talk about it for a second. Outreach takes place outside the walls of the church. If it's called outreach, that's exactly what it means. We're reaching out. So you can't expect them to always come here. We've seen that in this house. It's just randomly walking in off the street. But you can't always expect that. God expects you to go get them. Go tell them about Jesus. It don't even matter if they come to church. If you can see them get saved, then praise the Lord. Do it. But invite them to church, whether it's this one or another one. But I want you also to notice something else. Because on Saul's journey here, we get to big point today where I said there's a name change, but also in verse two there where it talks about set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I have called them. Understand that that is the last time in this text that you will see Barnabas listed before who is to be Paul because God was rising Saul up to become Paul who was then, and you're going to notice as it talks about him from here on out, it is Paul and Barnabas. So remember, Barnabas is the one that got Paul in with the disciples because they were afraid of him, remember? Barnabas is the one that said, no, he's all right. I've seen what he can do, right? Now, Barnabas and Saul are getting ready to go on this journey. They're going out because here's what Matthew 28, and you're going to get to hear me quote this today at the baptism. Then Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, what does it say? What is the word? I think every translation uses the same word. I've never seen one different. What does it say? It's two letters. Go. So if you're looking at me this morning wondering what you're supposed to do, well, the first thing you're supposed to do, according to the Great Commission, is go. Go. But it goes on. So it doesn't stop with go. But I want you to catch that. Go. Don't just sit here and then be good. Go, go out there. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what did we talk about that scripture this week? If God is for us, who can be against us? Here in the text, Jesus promises, go and surely I am with you always. So if he's with you, you ain't got to be scared of no demons in hell or the devil himself because you call on the name of Jesus and things change. Can I encourage you this morning? If you are a Christian and a true believer, you are to be an atmosphere changer. So when you step into the room, darkness ought to flee. Now, if darkness is drawn to you and you're claiming you're a believer, then we may have a problem, right? What we talk about Thursday night, are you a victor or a? Too many people in this society have a victim mentality when they need to recognize if they've got Jesus, they're a victor. Because what is Paul's, even death itself doesn't keep you from victory, Amen. Because Paul says to live is Christ, to die is gain. So what do we got to be scared of? 
Okay, I, I get it. Some of you are like, well, how could they kill me? Well, it doesn't really matter at that point, does it? If you love Jesus, then you've got a better hope, right? Acts 13, let's keep there in verse 4. It says, the two of them, sent on their way to the, by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. I want you to understand this John here is not the one that wrote your John Gospels in 1, 2, 3, John in Revelation. This is John Mark. So this is the guy that wrote the book of Mark that's in your Bible. All right. So as long as you get that, we're going somewhere. Now, remember, John's young at this point, though. We'll call him Mark, John Mark, whatever you want to call him. He's young at this point. He's with them. He's their helper. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant to the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, the proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Paul and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. So I got to jump ahead of myself. There was one more time when Barnabas was in front of Saul, but it's all good because it's getting ready to change. Watch. All right. Barnabas and Saul, he wanted to hear their words. So here's number two point if you're, you're taking notes. Outreach is about reaching others. Oh, I love it that y'all can quote that back to me because that is our vision statement here at Next Level Freedom Church. Anybody ask you, what is that church about? You simply can say, reaching others where they're at. That's it. That vision statement sums up our mission statement, which is a couple sentences, right? But you can sum that all up into those five words because that's what we're about here at Next Level Freedom Church. How can we reach them where they're at? Well, in this case, this leader, this proconsul, has heard about them. He's wanting to hear the word. So he sends for them. So what does 1 Corinthians 9, 19 23 says? It says, though I am free, I belong to no one. I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Note here what Paul's saying. I'm not under the law, but because I'm trying to reach those who are, I can live like I am. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 20 says, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. Make sure you note that. If you're a Christian, you are free from the law. Legalism is the worst way to judge yourself because you're never going to reach it. It's the blood of Jesus. That's it. It's the grace of God. And it's because of that blood and because Jesus died that you are free. And that is what Paul's getting at. I'm not under the law. They are because they're religious. So I was acting like I was under the law so I could reach them. Right? Okay, let's keep going. Though I myself am not under the law, as so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, the law, though I am not free from God's law, but under Christ's law. So as to win those having no, not having the law. Now that does not mean that if they're out getting drunk, you go get drunk with them. That's not what Paul was saying here. He's saying you go to them and he's saying exactly what our vision statement is. Reach them where they're at. Do you know that drunks will open up to you about things they would have never opened with a sound mind? We've had drunks come into church. 
when I was an associate pastor here in Jackson years ago, matter of fact, there was a bar next door to our church. We were at a storefront. We went to the bar. We got kicked out of the bar because we were telling people about Jesus and some were wanting to be set free. But do you know what? Some of those people in the bar followed us out of the bar because they had some questions. That's kind of like what Paul saw all the time. Just watch. We're going to get to it today. Um, Let me go ahead and read there. Verse 22. To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share it or share in its blessings. Amen. Verse 13. Let's go back to Acts 13. So understand something. If you can't go to them and you can't reach them on their level, can I just break it down for you? I'm going to just... I'm going to tell you like Jesus told it. I pray that if there is someone on the side of the road that God has told you to stop and talk to and they are thirsty, that you don't just say, I'll be praying for you with a 24-pack of water in your back of your car. Give them a drink. That's Jesus. Give them something to eat. Don't just say, I'll pray for you, because here's the deal. The best way to reach a person is to reach them where they're at. So if they're hungry, you got to meet their physical needs first before they want to hear anything about their spiritual needs. There's an old saying that my pastor used to say, they don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Do you care that they're thirsty, that they need a drink? Matter of fact, can I take you to another level? Go ahead and give them the whole 24-pack of water. Yeah, go buy you another one. Go buy them a steak dinner. Woo! What? Say what? Buy them a steak dinner. Get them something to eat. Because I promise you they're going to have more ears to hear you if you reach in their physical needs in that moment. Okay, so I'm just being real. I'm just talking to you. This is what Jesus said. He didn't say steak dinner. I don't even know if they had steak like we think of steak nowadays back then, but they had meat, right? But people were still hungry, right? So in that case, give them some bread, right? Give them something to eat. Let's go on in verse 8 of Acts 13. It says, and I like this because here's where the devil tries to interfere. Y'all ready? So they've been going to the synagogues. They've been talking to people. The leader is curious, so he calls them to him, and they're going to get an opportunity to tell him about Jesus. But check out how the deceiver slips his way in here in this next verse. But Elimus, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them that tried to turn the proconsul to, from the faith and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Oh, then it says, Saul... Who was also called Paul, there's the name change, y'all ready? Now he's going to be starting to get called Paul from now on. Check this out. Filled with the Holy Spirit, here it is, you guys got this authority too, pay attention, looked straight at Elimus and said, you are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Here it is, verse 11. You ready? We reversed some curses last night over some of the people I was praying because they had been people praying curses. We reversed them. We reversed the curses back on them, not that they would be cursed only, but that those cursings would reap a blessing and they would realize that they need Jesus. Oh, but let's keep going here. What did Paul say? He continues, said, 
you got all this deceit and evil in you, and are you not going to stop perverting God? And he says, how the hand of the Lord is against you, you are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. And what is that next word? Here in the NIV, it says, immediately, mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. But check out what happened next. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. What did we say earlier? There ain't a devil in hell you should be scared of if you got Jesus. All Paul did was exercise his authority that Christ had given him. You can do the same thing. You can exercise your authority, and when those demons and devils try to come against you, you can cast them out. Don't try to have a conversation with them. Look at Scripture. Now, sometimes Jesus asked them their name, but in most cases, he just said, come out of them. And they had to leave. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of who? God the Father. That was who Jesus was always about glorifying, if you follow him. What can I do to glorify my Father? All right, let's keep going. Point number three, though, is outreach is about standing your ground. Now, if some of you, that point sounds familiar, I did use it on Thursday night, too, stand your ground. But outreach is about you got to stand your ground. You can't let the devils come against you and ruin your witness, Right? Take authority. Now, how can you do that? Well, you got to be studying. What do we talk about? In your own time. How are you going to fight a devil with Scripture if you don't know the Scripture? Anybody ever heard some of those Scriptures people claim are in the Bible, but they're not there? They're just made up good old sayings that people are saying. I can't think of one off the top of my head, so if you're looking for one, I'm not got one at the moment. But, uh, but there, are, there are several of them out there. I know you've heard some. I wish I could think of one, but I can't. So... A lot of those things, and I've had people tell me, oh, it says in the Bible. I'm like, no, it doesn't. That's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. I don't know where you got that, but that's not in the Bible. You need to go read the Bible before you talk about quoting the Bible. Amen? See, we got people trying to quote the Bible that never look at the Bible. They look at those little things hanging up like Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. If I didn't read the Bible, I'd think that's exactly what that verse says is the Lord is my shepherd, and that's it. We wouldn't get into all the other stuff, right? I shall not want. I, I don't have it all memorized. I should, I know. I got a four-year-old coming up here, Aaron Michael's little girl, and she's putting me to shame because she memorized that whole text. A four-year-old little girl came up here with Aaron, and she quoted the entire Psalm 23 to us, and we're all sitting there like, I don't even got that memorized, most of us. Some of us do because we've been memorizing, and that's a good thing. I'm not saying it's bad if you don't. We just got to get studying, and it's not just that verse. I just use that because it's hanging there. But anyway, that's the type of stuff it is. 1 Peter 4.11 says, if anyone speaks, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. We've talked about those people that they've still got the gift. God gave them a gift 
and they're still using it. But how many of y'all know there are some of those people out there, we call them false teachers, false prophets, that are up there in their pulpits preaching and teaching, and they can do miracles because God's given them the anointing to do it, but their fruit tells you they are not of God. Let me give you a scripture just so it makes you feel better about it. He says, God's gifts are without repentance. So he gives them freely. Just because someone's prophesying and hitting the nail on the head, I wish Devin was here this morning. He even talked about, especially if you watch the Unified interview, he talked about being in prison, living like a heathen, and still prophesying and nailing every prophecy that he talked to those guys about. He was not living for God at all at that point. But he could still prophesy. By their fruits, you will know them. By their fruits. Let's continue there in verse 13 of chapter 13. From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Persia in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Persia, they went to went on to Pisidian, Antioch, I'm sorry guys. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them saying, brothers, if you have a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. Well, let me give you point four and we're going to talk. Outreach is about seeking opportunities. I got another point that's very similar in a minute, so I'm not going to hang here long. But do you notice they went to the city, and suddenly they've already got a reputation, and the people in the city said, if you got a word, by all means, give it. How many of y'all know that's an open door for Paul and his companions, as it said here, to preach the gospel? How many of y'all know we don't prophesy for no reason? When we give words of wisdom, words of knowledge, which is mostly what happens prophecy-wise in this house, when we do those things, it opens people's eyes to how real God is because they're looking at you. And I've even had them get mad at people in the congregation because they thought the person in the congregation who they have apparently talked to had talked to me. And that that person came, the person in the congregation they were mad at called me on the phone and said, you know that you said every word that we talked about on the phone and they think I've talked to you. That's not that. It's the spirit. That's how that works. But the words of prophecy are there to reach the lost. Come on. Now, I get it. Some of us are believers, and we just need a word. We just need, sometimes we just need a direction. But what it does to a lost person, imagine if they're getting their mail read. We call it reading their mail, right? And now they're like, how did they know that? Right? I got all kinds of those looks the last few days. We get them. It's just, it's just how God works, and that is how God reveals himself to others. So that's why you need to be exercising the gifts God has given you, because he's going to use your gift to reach them. Colossians tells us, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord you are serving. So it didn't say, do if you're doing something, do it to the best for your own efforts, right? It said, do it as if you're doing it to the Lord. So that means no matter where you're working during the week, what you're doing, Everything you are doing should glorify God in some way or another. 
Y'all realize everyone in this room is a full-time minister? See, I figured that throw some of you for a loop. Some of you are like, wait a minute. You know what a minister is? It's a servant. That's it. That's what minister means. It's a servant. We're all full-time ministers because it doesn't matter where we are, at the job or wherever we're at, we're supposed to reflect Christ. And you'd be surprised if you're living it, how many people, look at his father-in-law right here. He's got, he's a prime example. People come up to him and talk to him because they know who Steve is. He'll tell them about Jesus in a heartbeat, right? So they come to him and they're like, Steve. <laughs> now he gets some that are just trying to test his patience. I got it. But there's always going to be both. But you can't give up on the ones that are really seeking because of the ones that are getting on your nerves, right? Because if you let the ones that are getting on your nerve cause you to quit, how many people aren't going to get the message? All right, let's keep reading. So do it as in doing the Lord. We're about to wrap up here real soon. Verse 42. I think we jumped a little bit to 42. So, yeah, we stopped in 15. We're jumping down to Acts 13. Well, verse 16, and then we're going to jump to 42 and 40 through 44. I'm not doing that because it's not important. I encourage you to go read the whole chapter, right? I'm doing it for the sake of time, but watch this. Standing up, Paul mentioned, this is right after they say, okay, give us something. If you got something, give it to us. Paul mentioned with his hand and said, or motioned with his hand and said, fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. Now the next part that I left out, go read for yourself, is a message that Paul delivers to the people. As you get down to the end of there, it says in verse 42, as Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. How many of y'all know we got Christians that's too scared to say it? And when they don't say it, you don't know how many blessings you're missing. Because they were willing to go up when the people say, if you got a word, give it to us, guess what? They didn't do it for popularity. But now the people are following them out the door saying, hey, why don't you come to Sabbath every day and give us words? They hadn't heard the words, amen? All right. So, Speak further on the next Sabbath. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts of Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas. There it is. See that? Notice that transition? Because Paul and Barnabas, eventually there's a disagreement and they separate. But Paul is walking out his anointing. It's not that Paul's better than Barnabas. But Paul's got a whole different call here. Who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God on the next Sabbath Check this out. Now, this is something I wanted you to catch. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city, did y'all catch that? Gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Wow. Because they were obedient and took initiative when they had an opportunity, it said almost an entire city showed up the next week just to hear the words of the Lord. It can happen for you. We're in the city of Jackson right now. Cape, Perryville, we've got people from all around. If you take it to your city, you'd be surprised how many people want to hear it. People are looking for truth. We know there's only one. There's only one truth. That's just common sense. There can only be one truth. If you've got multiple truths, that's called chaos. That's called division. Those are called opinions. Truth is something that cannot be changed. 
Gravity is a truth. You can disagree and not agree with gravity, but go try to jump off the roof today, and I promise you, gravity will win. Because whether you believe in it or not, gravity is still there. It's the same with God. If you want to choose to not believe in God, that doesn't mean he doesn't exist. Matter of fact, I can tell you for sure as a fact, he does exist. I've seen him see, I've seen him do too much. If the devil wanted to convince me that God wasn't real, he should have caught me way back before I started seeing God move and do things. What have we seen? Just in, let me just talk about this house. We've seen deaf ears open, blind eyes open. We've seen limbs grow out. We've seen people hopping up out of wheelchairs and walking. We've seen cancer healed, COVID healed on the spot. Oh, you ain't going to tell me God doesn't exist because he does. Now, I can't tell you why he doesn't do it all the time in so many different people's lives and the way he goes about it. I, my pastor lost his wife this past week. I can't explain to you the why. That lady was a powerful woman of God. She was their missions pastor. She handled all the church planning and stuff overseas. I think she done a lot of other stuff behind the scenes as well. She died this past week. I can't explain to you all the reasoning. One day we'll ask him, but I can tell you he's real. Woo. Just because you choose not to believe in him is no different because I could choose not to believe in my wife who's sitting right here and just keep ignoring her, but she's still there, right? God's the same way. Just because you ignore me doesn't mean I don't exist. Matter of fact, I've seen him cause atheists to come to know him because they tripped and fell on their face, however it was, you know. Whatever the situation was, that atheist, we had one that got saved this week. What was his name? Alex. He said his whole life, and he got baptized last night. He said his whole life he was an atheist. But he saw the witness of Parker, his friend, who you're going to get to see in this house in the near future. I can't give a date yet. I don't know when yet. But he's going to come and preach, and his wife's going to minister with his keyboard. And because he saw the witness of Parker at work, he came to church. And guess what? The first night he came to church, he got saved. When he got saved, he didn't want to stop there. They went and bought a cattle trough just so we could have a baptism right there in the crusade center. And the way I understand it, she bought it that day. All right? And then she found out there were leaks. So they were setting that up all day. She had, they had to drain it again and fill it. That's, why do we do that? It's because of the glory of God. Amen? Yeah, there's some labor involved sometimes. It's okay. But, you know, we're supposed to be his hands and his feet. Okay. I'm wrapping up. Because point five, this is, the, this is the last point, so I can tell you I'm wrapping up. I got one more verse after this. You ready? Outreach, it's not about just seeking opportunities. It's about seizing opportunities when they are given. Paul and his companions seized the opportunity to preach in the synagogue that week. They may not have felt like it. How many of y'all ever came to church and didn't feel like it? My hand's up. I'm not just waving at you. There have been mornings I don't want to come to church either. Oh, come on. That's from a pastor. Really? Yeah. And my pastor will say the same thing, and he's pastoring thousands, right? So some days you just don't feel like going. That doesn't keep us from going, though. You got to push. You got to push. So we're seizing opportunities as they're given. Now, here, let me just ask you another question. <clears throat> if you're not where you need to be, example, church, at the designated time, you may miss an opportunity. 
How are you going to seize opportunities if you don't know where to be when God wants you to be there? Church is just one example. I've had him completely tell me to go to a store, and I wasn't even planning on going, and then go and I find out why I'm there. Someone needed to hear something. I've had also had those moments where God called me out of my house to go hike a trail in the wilderness and just pray. No spectacular supernatural things happened on the trail, but you know what? He spoke to me. And there were things, because see, sometimes we just got to get away from the distractions. You know, ministry can be a distraction. I told you my story in 2020. God spoke to me and he said, you're so busy doing ministry, you're missing ministry. What's the difference in doing and actually doing, right? Well, you can be busy. You can call yourself a busybody and you can be doing stuff. But are you taking, seizing ministry opportunities when that person stops you and inconveniences your day and says, hey, I got some questions. And then you can't, see, you can't react like I know some of you want to react. <gasps> what is it? Right? I got so much to do today. We can't do that. Sometimes you got to pause your day and say, how can I help? Why did I keep staying last night till 1040 when I'm trying to get out the door and people just keep stopping me? I'm not going to miss those opportunities. I'm on my way out the door and a man comes, hey, 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 before you guys leave, me and Devin and Melvin, they're already late. They're supposed to be at the home at 11. It's now 1030, 1040, whatever it was. We're not going to make it home in time, right? And we're on our way out the door. We could have said, oh, dude, we ain't got time right now. We got to go. We didn't. I sat there and I listened. All I had to do was listen. He talked and then we prayed. And do you know that meant more to him in that moment it may not have meant a lot to me. I'm almost ready to tire and go home, right? But to him, that totally changed his world. I can't believe he stopped and took the time to listen to me. Or she. Because we are men and women. There's nothing else. Sorry if y'all are thinking that. There's nothing else. There's a man and there's a woman. That's it. And you were born. I've never said this in church because I felt the spirit talk, but you know what? I heard Jesse DePlanis say it, and you know, I'm like, you know what? I've had that on my spirit for years. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Look down. You'll know whether you're a male or a female just by looking down. That's it. And I'm not trying to be inappropriate, but here's the deal. The devil's about identity crisis. He doesn't want you to know who you are, how you were born. Matter of fact, have you noticed it's mostly the men Who are supposed to be the priests of... Now, why am I on this rant? I have no idea. Maybe there's someone listening. They're supposed to be the priests of their home. Why are you struggling with not knowing if you're a man or a woman? Because the devil wants you confused, because if you're confused, you'll never walk out your manhood, which is to be the priest and leader of your home. And if you're not married, your future home. That's it. Identity crisis. That's it. God loves you. So do I. So do the people. We hate the sin, not the person. Because what we say all the time, it's always spiritual. It's never a physical battle. Never. It is always spiritual. The spirits whisper, you listen, you sin. Right? The spirits whisper, you cast them out. You walk on in holiness. Amen? Amen. 
So see, there's a t- it's a two-way road. Here's what I want to wrap up with Ephesians 4.29. Y'all ready? Brett's favorite verse. We used to run around rapping. This was one of his favorite verses. You all ready? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. How many of y'all know if you come at someone, and we talked about it on Unified. Y'all need to watch that episode. There's a discretion at the beginning. Wait for kids. Watch it yourself, then decide if you want your kids to watch, okay? But we talked about it on Unified. Where was I going, Lisa? Identity crisis. I was talking about identity crisis. Oh, I know what it was. We talked about it with Daniel. We talked about it with Devin. If you come at somebody and attack their personality, who they think they are, especially if they're deceived, to them, you're attacking who they are in their mind. Now, we know that God had them set as a person, but if you come at them right up front and tell them you're going to hell because of what you're living in, I ain't going to say one in particular because there's lots of sin out there. But if you attack who they are, they're going to they're gonna buck back. Y'all realize that, right? But if you will come at them with loving words, not unwholesome talk, and you will speak to them on their level, they may just give you the opportunity to explain to them why they're being deceived. Y'all realize it. When you're in sin, you don't realize you're in sin. You think this is who you are. Right? If I attack you on that level, now you're mad at me. You're not going to listen to a word I say from there on out. Ask Lisa. She did it. When she was living the homosexual lifestyle, she hated Christians. Why did she hate them? Because they, she felt like they were attacking who she was. Do you know that it took a divine deliverance for Lisa to get delivered? If God hadn't spoken it to her, she'd have never got delivered. But you know what? There's probably been some seeds planted along the way. And then all of a sudden, God showed them and said, you know what? I know you're bucking everybody that's telling you this, so I'm going to tell you myself. That's really what happened. I'm going to tell you myself, this is an abomination. This lifestyle is an abomination. It is not who I called you to be. And she was delivered on the spot. That's it. Because y'all realize you don't do the delivering. The Holy Spirit does. God does. We just plant the seed. Sometimes you're the sower. Sometimes you're the reaper. Sometimes you're the waterer that waters the seed. You're always something, though. Woo, praise the Lord. I'm done. I got to stop. <laughs> I'm done. I don't think I got anything else. If you're tuning with us online this morning, thank you so much for joining with us online. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in each and every week. I've noticed, uh, I was taking a look at, guys, we are in like, I think it's 35, 36 states in the United States that have listened to our podcast and about 15 or 16 different countries have tuned into the podcast. Now, I can't judge the YouTube videos, but the podcast will tell me where they're at. So now there is a possibility they're using VPNs and stuff, but I don't know that. All I know is we're reaching the world in this little bitty storefront here in Jackson, Missouri. Woo. Stafford Moore put a best there years ago. He was talking in uh, 2019. I had him come and do our one-year anniversary service, and he's like, you don't know that in this little room you're making a loud noise. So get ready, saints. We're making a loud noise. People are tuning. 
Matter of fact, some of you are getting the questions. That's great. I love it. They go to you like, hey, where do you go to church? Uh, well, we're over here. Well, I need a ride. We got to get a couple of vans because I need one going each direction because we got some in Cape and we got some out this way. They're wanting to come to church, but they can't get here. So y'all pray that God delivers a van, all right? Amen. Oh, and that we fix up the one we got, right, Zach? We got one. We just got to get it fixed up and ready to go, but we need another one. All right, so praise the Lord. If you're tuning with us online, though, God bless you. If you've never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that is the next step, the first step on your journey. You ask him in. You say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose on the third day, becoming victorious over death that I might live. I ask you to come into my heart, be Lord of my life, forgive me of all my sins. From here on out, I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray, amen. And it's not about the words. You just repent. I realize I use a lot of words, but, you know, that's just the one I've been praying for years. It's not about having to say all that. Really, you just got to repent. Bible says if you believe Jesus rose from the dead, you shall be saved. He talks about all the time, he who overcomes shall be saved. That's how it works. So you just ask and you receive. If you receive Christ as your Savior today and you meant that prayer from the bottom of your heart, praise the Lord. I say welcome to God's family. Your next step is you need to get baptized. And that's probably going to mean you joining a church home somewhere, whether it's here or somewhere else. You need to be getting discipled or you're going to grow stagnant and stay right where you're at. And you're not going to grow or do anything. But you got to grow so it doesn't stop at home. Find you a church, get baptized. One that's teaching discipleship and the Bible. See, we got too many churches now that aren't teaching the word. That's a problem. You got to teach the word of God. Thank you so much for joining with us online. God bless. We'll see you next week.